This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey guys, we just want to give you a heads up that in this episode, we do discuss suicide and suicide ideation. So please take care of yourselves and be mindful that those subjects are discussed in this episode. It's Candace and Kayla, and we are directionally challenged. Oh, yeah. We thought we'd have it all figured out by the time we were in our 30s. But surprise, we don't. We don't. <laughs> we don't. And that's OK. It really is OK. It's totally OK. We're, you know what? OK, we're just going to jump right into this episode. We have a fantastic actor, musician, songwriter, uh, even accredited doula. Her name is Savannah Welch. She is such a gem of a woman, of a human, of a mother. And we don't really want to tell you much about her because we want to just jump right into her story. We were so moved by our conversation and inspired by our conversation with her and humbled by our conversation with her. So you know what? Without further ado, here is Savannah Welch. 
And we are here with Savannah Welch. Savannah, thank you for joining us today. We are so honored to have you on. You have such an interesting story, such a special story, and I know you are so passionate about sharing it. Would you mind taking us back from the beginning as a member of the disability community? You've just spoken so passionately about recovery and advocating for inclusivity. So um, we want our listeners to know your full story. I was in an accident November 2nd of 2016. What is that? Four and a half years ago. Uh, My dad and my son and I were at a farmer's market in a small little town in Texas called Wimberley. And um, a car lost control and hit me. Luckily, only hit me um, and pinned me between that vehicle and another parked car, the, um, the, actually the farmer's car that was there at the farmer's market booth. And so I was auto pinned and then, um, drug for another uh, six, six or seven feet or so. And, um, and then eventually life lighted to the hospital, um, in the helicopter, I had an experience where I, f- I felt like I was crossing over, like I was dying and came back just as we were arriving at the hospital. And when I came out of surgery, I didn't know that they had had to amputate my leg. Um, so I I learned that when I kind of came to, and that experience, I mean, it was far less traumatic than one would assume, I guess. And there was some, some trauma, but most of it was sort of in unexpected ways. I pretty quickly sort of accepted that this was part of my life path and that this was something that was intended to happen. I, I don't really know how to explain that, but I just knew and I accepted it. And I was also obviously on an incredible sort of survivor's high, you know, and so relieved that, um, that my son was okay. He was four years old at the time that my dad was okay. And that all I lost was my leg and just one of them, which they couldn't, they couldn't really figure out how that was possible, that that was the only thing that was, that was so, um, that drastically injured. And, um, so it just felt like there was kind of a lot of close calls in all of that. And so I was, I was just sort of gripping on to, the planet, you know, and so grateful to be here in whatever form that was in. And so that um, sort of like gratitude just carried me through the majority of my recovery. And, you know, as, um, as an actor, obviously so much of this work is determinant on our physicality and what we look like. And I've always you know, had awareness about that, you know, as, as you do. And, um, my agent, when I was in the hospital, I remember she asked, you know, is this something that you want to keep doing and pursuing? And, uh, it hadn't even occurred to me that I would question that, that I, that I wouldn't, I mean, it was a fair question on her part. And, you know, I think she, it was a, just a sort of a vulnerable moment, you know, and, and she didn't really know how to ask or when to ask. She and I are very close. So it just sort of came out as, as a, a natural question. And I, it, you know, I say that because it certainly didn't feel insulting or short-sighted or anything when she asked it. But I, the first thing that came to mind, I just went, well, that part wasn't taken from me, you know? Like, I'm still me. I still have those passions. I still have the um, interests that I do and the instincts and so forth. And so you know, it also wasn't lost on me that 
the roles that I would be offered or, or even, you know, given a chance to audition for, um, to read for would really be changed. You know, and we, we, there was some, some joking back and forth about, you know, pirate movies and, uh, war, war movies and, you know, that I should practice walking on like an old timey, uh, like a wooden peg leg. And, (laughs) you know, there was some humor, um, that was so needed, um, and helpful around that, but, you know, it was true. And I really had to ask myself how that would feel walking into an audition room. And I think I asked her as long as they know that I'm an amputee before I walk into a room or into some sort of exchange so that I'm not fielding their reaction. You know, I think that we have a long ways to go before I'm that, you know, something like an amputation or other physical disability is just an aspect of the character and not something that's just such a a focus of storyline. But I think that that we're we're moving in the right direction. Well, I want to talk about a role that I think was pivotal to um, you coming out of, uh, forgive me if it was surgery or if it was when you um, first came to after the accident and the realization that uh, your son was okay. He was perfectly fine, healthy, safe. And, um, you know, I think that there's always a before and, you know, we talk so much about before and after, especially right now. It's like before COVID, now after COVID, you know, everything changes. And and there's, you know, the reality of before you have kids and then after you have kids and how the your whole world changes. Just, you know, where and this was also at a different point in life. You're in your thirties, you know, you're, you're married, you have your child, or as opposed to had you been maybe in your early twenties on your own and, you know, and just it only for yourself to think about. But I think that that is such like a, a big moment in life when of being a mother, when you go, oh, who I'm, I'm fine, but where's my baby? Like, is my baby? Okay. Like, you know, is that something that you've recognized? Just like, you know, obviously he was a big part of, of you emotionally having stability and recovering from such a traumatic experience and an accident and day and loss. Yeah. Thank you. Um, it's such an insightful question because, um, you know, that part, it's so wired into me as a mother. It served me in terms of my, my recovery. Absolutely. But, um, there's one moment that comes to mind specifically. And that was right, like right after I I was hit and, um, the car took some time to, before it stopped. So I was sort of being drug and, and I was laying on the ground. My dad was trying to find me. He was looking for my son, Charlie, trying to just find everybody. It was sort of chaotic. And when he first found me laying on the ground, very first thing I said to him was, don't let Charlie see me like this. Like wherever he is, go find him. I don't want him to see me like this. And my leg was kind of like behind me or something. I don't know. Just to think that was one of the only moments that I remember like really recalling pain while I, when I was hit, when I was under the car, that when I was even in the ambulance and in transit, like I don't, I wasn't registering pain, um, except for that one moment when I was laying on the ground. And, but even in that, that my very first thought was to protect Charlie from the experience of seeing me in that shape, you know, and, and I can get emotional about it just because it it is so, so wired in. It wasn't like, 
there were there was no time to think or even consider how I was or what was going on with me. Um, it's instinctual. Yeah, it's just instinct that you have once you're a parent that never goes away. Sure, and and I think from the very beginning, I, I just made a decision that Charlie wasn't going to witness be, me being victim to this, you know. And that doesn't mean that he doesn't see me at times of being feeling overwhelmed or frustrated or not sure how to navigate a certain staircase or trail or, you know, but he, he gets to see me meet those challenges in a way that's not from like a victim frame of mind, I guess, you know, and, and try to be playful about it. You had this really lovely moment that I wanted to ask you about in the hospital that um, I think on interview I saw you were still, you had mentioned you were still writing on a board at some point. You weren't yet able to yeah. speak. Um, I was intubated. Of, yeah. You were intubated. Okay. Thank you. Mm -hmm. um, and one of the first questions you asked was, will I be able to have kids again? That was one of the things. It wasn't, you know, anything about yourself. Again, it's so selfless thinking, is this something I can do? And I just found that so moving and grounding and such a testament to who you are. And it seems like since the moment this happened, your mindset has been in such a specific place. And I just commend you for that. Can you talk to us about that process of waking up and, and having your father tell you the news and then also, you know, having your first thought be, can I, can I have children again? And what that whole experience was for you? You know, it's so interesting because I, I kind of have to giggle at that question, you know, as if, you know, somebody with an amputated leg can't, can't conceive children, you know, <laughs> but I think at the time I was processing so much and I really didn't have all of the information about, you know, what, um, you know, under surgery, what wasn't, what, right. what was harmed, what wasn't. And so it, it's, you know, it's a bit of a fair question, but I think that that, you know, I also asked my, my prosthetist, the first the first prosthetist I had and, and said, do you, do you see many women walking on a, um, with an above knee am amputation, you know, pregnant. And, you know, I know what it was like to have a baby and a toddler <laughs> and, um, you know, a five-year-old and, um, gosh, I can't imagine not being able to like move quickly if you need to and fast mm -hmm. and, um, be able to carry lots of things, you know, all at one time. And My daughter's two right now and all she wants is for me to carry her. And it's, oh, yeah. they're just the, at the heaviest, but they're still a baby mentally. So I can, I know what you mean. <laughs> totally. Yeah. And I mean, I, I wore him for that right. reason for so long <laughs> and uh, gosh, two years old, two, three. I remember just being like, I move around from the moment I wake up till I go to bed, you know? So that was like, that was the first thing that came to mind. It was like, uh, what is asked the most of me physically in my life? And it's that it's being a mother. And can I still do that? The first couple of thoughts, you know, it was first, is everyone okay? <laughs> and can, can I, can I have children? And that was something that I felt really strongly about and had for a long time that I wanted to have another child, which hasn't happened yet. And is still a hope that I have. The other thing that I remember was a, just, I mean, it felt almost just like a profound shift for me was just the perspective of how much of a gift this life is. And I think I'd gone through my twenties, I'd battled with addiction some and 
you know, anxiety, depression, and um, had been in some abusive relationships. And I just had been, you know, sort of teetering in this place of like trying to talk myself into wanting to be here and wanting to keep doing all of the things that were supposed to apparently lead to fulfillment and happiness. And I just had had like, I wouldn't say I was, um, uh, suicidal, but there was definitely suicidal ideation happening where I was just considering that as like the emergency exit, you know, as a, as an option. Um, and that would come and go throughout my, my twenties. And I knew, I think a lot of people who either had committed, had committed suicide or were affected by a loved one who had, and it was just very prominent in my level of awareness that that was something that happened, you know, often. And so the punchline is that I just, that was gone. I just came to and had like so much clarity about the, the gift that every day is and each interaction and making them meaningful. And I, you know, that's worth at least one leg, if not more. <laughs> I, I mean, I think you, you said it and it went fairly viral was leg schmeg, um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> in a post, one of your posts from the hospital. Um, so your sense of humor was well intact. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com a lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. It's time to get more in 2024. I know for me, one of my goals is to feel really strong this year. And honestly, so far, so good because that's where 310 Nutrition comes in. It's helping me and our listeners in the new year with protein and super rich food products with so many options and flavors. Right now I have the chocolate bliss and caramel sundae and they are both so <laughs> delicious. <laughs> 
I have to hide them from my husband so that he doesn't steal them too. They're a triplex protein blend, plant-based proteins that include pea, brown rice, and pumpkin that leave me feeling full. 310 Nutrition also has a hydrate electrolyte drink mix. My favorite is the peach mango flavor. So not only am I hydrating and drinking water, I have an electrolyte blend, vitamin blend, and it's sugar-free. With one stick of hydrate mix into 16 ounces of water, and it can provide the same amount of hydration equal to drinking two to three bottles of water. Thank you. This way I can keep my resolution, keep feeling strong, have greater focus, feel refreshed, and maintain my hydration without having to drink as much. One of my favorite refreshing water enhancers they have is the lemonade flavor. It gives me energy. This one's also sugar-free. It's used with real lemons and it's pH balanced. And this also offers the same hydration as two to three bottles of water. Right now, 310 is celebrating a new year of goals with code CHALLENGED and giving our listeners 50% off up to $100 for your first order. With so many sample packs, new products, it's really fun and easy to put together an order or start a subscription on products that you know you'll use and will help you keep your resolution. So go to 310nutrition.com and use the code CHALLENGED right now for 50% up to $100 for your first order. That's 310-nutrition.com and use code CHALLENGED. It's all the good stuff your body needs in flavors you crave. So be healthier effortlessly. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back in just a minute. And we're back. There's this beautiful photo and I, you can speak to who took it of you in the hospital and you're in this gown and it's, um, it's a black and white photo and uh, it's kind of a sheer gown, but you can obviously see that you were standing on one leg and you're holding a crutch in your hand and you look like this like ethereal ballet dancer. Like if anyone's seen Florence and the Machine and Florence floats around on stage like this beautiful fairy and you give me all like the Florence Welsh vibes in this, but it's just this stunning, beautiful photo photograph of a woman who is so in her body and that's the only way I can explain it as a woman who does not you know we talk about on this podcast a lot feeling lost and directionally challenged and I think an element of Mm. that is can sometimes feeling so out of your body especially in your 30s especially after childbirth especially when you're just trying to navigate aging in this world and and so it's just such a stunning photograph that really just cracked my heart open because it just was like, wow, that it was, it's just powerful. Um, can you speak to that moment? Obviously we know that there were challenges, you know, we know that, but, um, these like beautiful victories where you took your power essentially. Um, I would love if you could talk a little bit about that experience, because I think it's what we're all just trying to do on a day-to-day basis. And you did it in the middle of, um, life altering moment. Yeah, thank you. I'm laughing because that moment um, was with a dear friend of mine, Todd Wolfson is the photographer. Um, I've known Todd for years and uh, he has documented my life and my son's life and my family's and um, he's a great uh, photographer in Austin, well, well known there, especially in the music community. I think that was maybe the first, maybe the second day that I had been able to get out of bed. And, um, I had a walker and I had a nerve block still in my leg. So I was sort of attached to this walker and I had gotten up and I I realized that I was wearing this nightgown and I was in front of the 
the window. And so I was kind of like making these like goofy moves and I was like, can you see through this? And I was kind of like doing these kind of probably far less, um, flattering (laughs) dance moves, you know, and he goes, just do something graceful, you know, like, come on, do something graceful. Um, and, and he snapped that photo and, you know, I, I will say that that it did capture sort of the essence of what was going on for me, which was, man, you know, I mean, we, we might judge, you know, a little extra, you know, padding on our hips or our thighs or our stomachs or, you know, as, as women and men do too. But, um, here I was with a very swollen stump of a leg and so grateful. And, and that, that was able to, that was, I I don't even know exactly, you know, this, how to connect those dots, but that gratitude, I just kind of like was able to accept my, my body for the way that it was. Um, and, and, and felt very much kind of connected to spirit, you know, and after such a wild experience with so many close calls, um, that I won't go into detail about, but, you know, even my son said we were protected mom, you know? And so I just, I think it was like, Oh, okay. Yeah. Yes. This is the body I'm in, but that's not all of who I am, you know? And, um, I don't walk around like that every day now, you know, I'm human. That was, that was certainly captured in that photo. There's such an incredible theme here of humor. It's an obvious theme. You've brought it up so many times already. And I, can't help but just smile every time you say the word because humor does truly get us through these life moments that may not be as simple as other moments. And, you know, you spoke and touched on addiction and possible, you know, relationships that weren't necessarily as healthy as others. And um, have you always turned to humor for that? Or did it somehow culminate after this experience? I think I probably always have. You know, even in the throes of an argument, I will be like, oh, that's kind of funny. Or, you know, um, uh-huh. I'll recognize, you know, and I guess as as an actor, too, maybe I'm kind of always doing character studies on, on people um, and we'll just find, you know, things that are quirky, ironic, you know. Um, and yeah, certainly in times when I'm trying to survive something, um, or it's really grim. And like, sometimes humor is sort of the only life, uh, life raft you can hold on to till it gets you to the next, next thing. And I, um, it's, it's definitely something that I have to return to (laughs) in my daily life. And I, I think with other people, you know, um, a lot of people, sometimes they don't know the, how to, um, how to behave or how to treat me, you know, they, they're, you know, people are, are careful not to like offend, you know, and, and I can't tell you how many times people have said something, um, like, you know, put your best foot forward or break a leg out there, or, (laughs) um, you know, you don't really have a leg to stand on, or you got a leg up in the competition. I mean, there's so many of those. And, um, you know, we were, we were in the hospital. We were always already, you know, my family were all songwriters. So it's like, we were already on, on that. But so often people will say one of those and be like, I'm so sorry, you know? And it's like, oh, it's, 
humor is such a beautiful connector for people. And it's like it, that when I can kind of reassure them how much I appreciate those moments and I don't take things personally. And it's a, it seems like it's a relief. It's like, that's kind of the general essence of humor. It's like, okay, it's a relief. We don't have to take ourselves so serious. Well, what is serious though, is the, all the accomplishments that you've uh, had and all of the passions that you have in your life, because it's true. Having an amputated leg is such a tiny, tiny sliver <laughs> of who you are, what you do every day, your platform. I really would like to talk about the fact that you're not only an actress, you're a singer, you're a songwriter, you're a doula. I love doulas. I'm all about the doulas. So when I saw that, I was like, oh my gosh, he's even like gone to become a doula um, and studied that. You know, how do you approach um, your art and your creativity now um, in your 30s, having your personal life experiences and, you know, the way you view them comparatively to your 20s? How has that changed? I would say, you know, there was a time maybe when I thought, oh, I just have to choose one path. You know, am I going to be this or am I going to be this? And I don't know where that comes from. Maybe, you know, as a child, people are always like, what do you want to be when you grow up? And you need to have one answer. Right. Um, I think that I sort of um, probably floundered a bit in that, like, I don't know. I love, I love to do this, but I love to do this. And I, and I also love to do this, which has nothing to do with these things. And there was that, you know, uh, feeling like I had to choose and also wanting to become a mother, you know, that was really strong for me. Um, and how am I going to manage all of that? And can you even be a touring musician and a mom? And how do you do that? And, uh, it turns out you can, <laughs> it's really hard, but you can do it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, uh, I would say confidence, you know, gosh, it was, that's still a big one. And I wonder at what point you're just like fully confident. <laughs> um, but are you ever? That's what we always yeah. ask ourselves. Are are you ever? <laughs> Maybe when we're five years old, it's just like, <laughs> sure. <laughs> that's why when my son is like, no, I'm good at this. I'm like, cool. Or he'll be proud of himself about something. You know, little kids are always like, look what I made, you know? Right. And yeah. I just want to nurture that because at some point, you know, you realize you're supposed to be self-deprecating or I don't know, compare Mm. yourself. And I definitely did. I compared myself probably at an early age growing up in Nashville and around really talented songwriters and musicians and, and singers. And, um, really that was, I put the bar high. I set that bar very high for myself and just thought, well, you know, unless I'm doing that, you know, unless I'm making music like that, or I have that to say, the only other reason that I would pursue this is ego driven. And I was really, you know, kind of had, um, a lot of opinions about ego driven stardom, I think. And I don't know, I guess, I guess growing up in Nashville where you see a lot of country music stars and, and I just decided like, I'm not going to seek the spotlight. If, if that is something that occurs you know, as like an afterthought to what I'm doing and what I'm contributing to the world. Okay. But, um, so I just, I just decided, you know, I was like at war with my ego from an early age (laughs) and, um, compared myself with a high bar (laughs) and that didn't serve me very well through my (laughs) twenties. Turns out. 
Well, you spoke about music and I really want to make sure we talk about the Trishas because you are definitely a founding member of an incredible group. I was listening to your music all last night, just getting in the mood and it just it was fantastic. So, um, oh, you know, you guys write songs and you perform and I know you also perform with your dad and your brother. And yeah. I would love to talk about this song that your dad wrote for you called uh, Too Old to Die Young and yeah. the significance of him writing it for you and now the impact of you in turn singing it to your son and mm. the lyrics are so beautiful and it feels like it's truly come full circle um, is there a favorite line or, or phrase that you go to in times of strength maybe when the humor isn't finding its way to you so easily a, a specific line in that song or just in general? Or Yeah, it could be in that song or just in general, anything that you, a specific line, because I know you and your, you come from a family of musicians and all you, you guys are just full of lyrics. In my mind, you communicate in lyrics. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's, that's somewhat true. Uh, you know, our text threads can get quite <laughs> quite funny <laughs> in word worth wordplay. Um, I would say, you know, I guess usually, um, it's my inspiration might be drawn on something that is sort of current, you know, something that I'm currently creating or something that I had maybe recently seen. Um, my brother and I have been writing a song. I should say mostly my brother has been writing a song and trying to get me to finish it with him. And I've been saying, yeah, yeah, I'm totally going to do that. And I'll, I'll call you, I'll call you back. Um, sounds like siblings. <laughs> yeah. You know, in the meantime, uh, brought in some other friends of ours who've kind of contributed and, and, um, but it's a beautiful song. The chorus, uh, says, you know, when there's nobody there to take your call, uh, when everything seems like a means to an end. Are you going to climb or are you going to crawl mm. when all the walls are closing in? And um, I just, you know, I think about that chorus and, um, and the, so, some of the, the verbs, uh, the verses that we've been flushing out and just the fact that even in those times when we feel like we are so alone, we're not. And and even that experience of feeling lonely is universal. You know, even just the, the act of feeling totally alone is one of the most unifying ex uh, human experiences, you know. And so I try to go back to that idea that we are all so, so similar. We're all so much more alike than we are different. And that, that song that my dad wrote um, is a great example of that. He, he wrote it shortly after I was born, I think just within a couple of weeks. And he said he was just really feeling his mortality. Like, okay, I have two kids now, you know, um, it's really not all about me anymore. <laughs> and, um, and, and, he, and this song that he wrote, just it was just kind of a, a simple prayer to get to live long enough to see his kids grow up and to see what they become. And, um, whew, then trying to sing that, um, in front of an audience with, um, you know, while pregnant with my own first child, it was, it was hard to get through that song, um, some nights <laughs> and, uh, and getting to sing it in front of him and for him to basically get to see what I'm becoming. Uh, it was just layered layers on layers there. 
We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back in just a minute. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com back well one thing that the three of us have in common is that we are all actresses and we know that grind very well we have a lot of listeners on this podcast um of this podcast who write in asking uh, acting advice and you know how to break into the business and the what the audition process is like and so we've talked extensively about it um on this podcast but i also you know you mentioned at the beginning when we were talking about um your experience in the hospital and speaking with your agent about you know, whether or not it was even a question you would continue to act. How has the process been different from you? How has the auditioning process been? And then even beyond that, obviously you've gone on to work in incredible projects, one that I also want to tease at the end of this. Um, But what is it like being on a set? What are the challenges you face in those arenas? Even in the best of times, auditions are so strange and yes can, <laughs> we're like oh can we know <laughs> the worst you all know so well we all do it's it's uh they can be awkward they can be humiliating they can be you know just it's like we find ourselves in these positions that you it's like that's when humor really comes in <laughs> is um you just go wow did i just do that in that room with those people and now i'm going to go do this with my day or whatever um add to that um you know walking into a room with a you know a prosthetic leg that i'm learning how to operate and you know it affects my movement and I, and that's something i had to kind of go oh no like you know you want to be able to just like move fluidly you know, as this character. And now every time I can't do the thing that I want to do, is it going to take me out of character? I'm going to be Savannah trying to fill this out, figure this out in this moment. And so that was part of it was just, you know, incorporating that into the character and how would this character handle that? And, um, I had an, an opportunity in a a show called six. I worked on a few years ago and I played a Marine, an ex-Marine, she had lost her leg in, in combat. And she 
was horrified and depressed and pissed off and angry at the fact that she was an amputee. And that was really interesting for me to be able to play this. The, her reaction was so totally different than my own personal reaction to, to um, mm-hmm. becoming an amputee. And so I, I got to kind of play that out, you know, and uh, the frustration of not being able to do this thing that I want to do or, ah, you know, and incorporating that into the character so that it wouldn't constantly take me out. And I, um, I think that, uh, you know, that's just such a lesson in, in our work, you know, if we're feeling insecure in in a moment to just work with it and incorporate it into the scene if possible. And being on set is, uh, you know, you're kind of fielding a lot of people's energy, you know, who are sort of catering, you know, maybe over catering or to you or, um, not really sure how to approach you about the topic. You know, there's some people who wanted to almost act like it wasn't a thing, even though I was in a wheelchair and, um, the character I was playing was in a wheelchair for those reasons, you know, and I don't, I don't really know, um, other specifics that I could speak to there, but Well, I'm sure after bringing that up and talking about it, I know our listeners would want to know, you know, when they see you and others that are in that same state, how, what is the best way to approach it so that, like you said, you know, it's not an, it's a non-issue. Yeah. Humor. Humor. Yeah. You know, I guess it takes some bravery to, you know, a friend who's like, you know, do you want me to help you with your skirt getting up these stairs or not? Or, you know, to be able to ask a lot of people hesitate. They don't want to, to help if I don't need help, but they don't want to not offer help for something, you know, so that that's always a dance. And, you know, that's the case in other, so many aspects of life too. I'm, you know, as, as mothers, I'm like an example that comes to mind is at the airport. I always want to help moms who are like (laughs) schlepping kids and stuff. I'm like, do I help? Do I not help? Uh, let's see. It's just similar. It's basically that, you know, and just because it is a part of my body and something that happened that was not planned and somewhat in a tragic way, it can, it can be just as lighthearted as, you know, can I help you with your bag or Mm -hmm. something else? You know, it's like, I kind of, try to teach Charlie that we're in charge of whether or not we apply a negative or positive connotation to anything. And, um, we have a choice here. God, that's such a good life lesson. Cause if you can learn that life is much easier. Yeah. You get a choice about it. You know, a lot of people might say that's negative, but, um, what do you think? You know? Mm-hmm. So I think that our children can be our biggest teachers if we allow them to be, um, what is something that Charlie has taught you in the past couple of years? Just love. I mean, just unconditional love. His dad and I went through a separation that was challenging on all of us about a year and a half after the amputation. And, um, and so the way that Charlie navigated that whole thing was just always, he was just like the North star of this is how you handle something with love, (laughs) you know? And, um, resilience, you know, and that doesn't, you know, I, I say some people can talk about resilience and almost use that word as 
I want to say kind of incorrectly, but it, it's almost like, you know, be resilient is like suppress all your, all your mm-hmm. feelings, you know, I mean, people can sort of use the, the word re- resilience recklessly, but the, the true resilience I, I've, I witnessed in him was just from this ability to love above all else, you know? Maybe a cliche answer, but <laughs> but it's usually a cliche because it's true, yeah. right? That's what we always say. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I also, I mean, of course, we we've just we were so thrilled to be able to sit down and get to know you, and you just we appreciate your vulnerability not only with us but our listeners as well. And for any listeners that are big fans of the HBO Max series Titans, what can you tease about about your time on that show or if if they haven't seen the show? Season three coming up. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So season three, let's see. Uh, I know they're they're dropping the first three episodes, August 12th. The things that I can tease. Ooh, there is so much that happens this season. (laughs) There's a lot. Well, the show notoriously has a a large cast. It's hard to even choose a favorite uh, character on this show. Uh, Let's see. It's there's a lot that happens. Um, I actually have a, I have a cheat sheet here of like things that I'm allowed to, to <laughs> s- spill and things that I'm not. But, um, you know, uh, the, the majority of this season takes place in Gotham. Let's see, some certain circumstances draws Dick Grayson back to Gotham. And he eventually brings the Titans with him there. And um, uh, my character... Uh, Barbara Gordon and Dick Grayson have known each other for some years. And um, there's sort of a a bit of unrequited romance between the two of them. It's sort of almost a just familial bond the two of them have um, from their uh, upbringing and being um, teenagers together. And Barbara Gordon was Batgirl um, for a stretch of time, and um, there's a there's there's a bit of romance that might be rekindled there, and a partnership. Um, we find uh, Barbara at a time when she has taken over as the chief police commissioner of Gotham. She's taken over her dad's job, and um, and you know, I don't know. It gets, Ooh, sounds good. It gets I know. That's an excellent tease. I know. <laughs> okay. Like I used to be terrible at them from the show. Like any sort of supernatural or superhero. I think it's like always so scary to say anything because you're like, you just have to see it. There's yeah. just too much going on. You just have to see There's it because so I don't want to spoil it. Yeah, we're we're excited. We're excited to to um, you know, hear the the fans' response and um and to to roll out all those storylines. So yeah, tune in. Well, I want to leave you with one quote that you had said, um, gratitude is my painkiller. And what I'm so most grateful for is my community, which is mm. a phenomenal thought process and way to live. If our listeners want to join your community, uh, where can they find you on social media and all that good stuff? Yeah. Um, so social media, Instagram is just my name, Savannah Welch. I, uh, I'm getting better at posting, um, (laughs) more frequently, um, and finding a balance there. You know, I have a personal account where most of everything goes, um, um, about my, my son and so forth, but anything show related will be there on, um, 
on the Savannah Welch Instagram. My website is savannahwelch.com. That's about it. Well, Savannah, thank you so much for joining us. You are truly a lovely, lovely person. And I hope we can not just do this virtually, but meet you in person sometime soon. Um, thank you for joining us today. Uh, I would love that. It, it took everything out of me not to ask uh, you guys questions and turn the interviewer hat um, the other <laughs> way around. I'm, I, I would love to get to know you both more. So thank you for having me. I mean, I just want to be friends with her so I can call her and get the the best advice in the world um, because she just seems so full of it. And I can see why she's such a musician, such a wonderful musician and songwriter, because she truly is really in tune with herself and life and what it takes to get the most out of each day. And, and just I'm just I, I kind of speechless. I really love how she chooses to live her life. I was incredibly moved just listening to Savannah talk about motherhood. You know, it, it's like we we talk about motherhood a lot on this podcast. I think it's I feel like it's been a minute since we've like, you know, I, I don't know. And maybe it's just the day that I'm having. And but I just uh, I was so incredibly moved by not only when Savannah was telling her story about, you know, obviously a life changing experience of, of losing her leg and, and being in the hospital, but just from the perspective of, of a mother, what was going through her mind, what was going through what, you know, her subconscious, it was just so powerful and compelling. And, um, it made me obviously grateful that she was willing to share that. And then also mm-hmm. just, you know, being like, yeah, fuck. Yeah. Moms are awesome. They are. They're superheroes. I know that she's like, you know, previously Batgirl and, you know, in Titans and in the superhero <laughs> She really universe. is a superhero. <laughs> but she really is a superhero. Um, so Savannah, just thank you so much for, for joining us and, and your vulnerability um, and just your superhero-ness. Super Shiro-ness. Oh, hey. Is that a word? <laughs> it Super <is> Shiro. <laughs> I definitely want to live life with more humor, even in the times when it's just the darkest. And it's such a lovely reminder. And it seems like such a simple thing to fix. And um, thank you, Savannah, for being so wonderful. We hope you guys enjoyed this episode of Directionally Challenged. We have another great episode coming for you next week. Um, take care until then. <music> Directionally Challenged is a production of Pineapple Productions. Producer, Melissa DeMonts. Edited by Katrina Henning. Post-production sound by Chris Henry. Music by Joe King. And advertising partnership with ACAST.